Actually, I think we could probably just we could probably just end with with that to quote John Yu, and then second to the third time. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Wow. Very cool. Wow, we talked about that one for a while. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome back to Team Cockroach, a podcast about The Good Place, a weekly comedy show by Mike Schur on NBC. We have been live recapping the episodes from season two of The Good Place, and now we're done with that, and we're going back to season one, and we're going to do some rewind episodes for all of the episodes of season one. This week, we are starting with uh, episode one, Everything is Fine, and episode two called Flying. Let me introduce my Co-host, Javier Matusevich. Hello. Hello. Sarah Gardner. Hi there. Hi. And Rachel Adelman. Hi as well. Hi, everyone. And my name is Andrew Pontius. I've, I've forgotten it at least once, so I want to make sure I say my name as well. And the, last, the other thing to say about this is that this will be a complete spoiler zone. We are going to be talking about season one in its entirety, season two in its entirety, and everything in between as we talk about episode one and episode two. So if you really want to avoid spoilers... You should wait to watch these rewind episodes, listen to these rewind episodes for season one until you've watched everything that has come out so far. Now, obviously, season three hadn't started yet, and that's going to be this fall. But season one and season two are all fair game. Now, we were talking before the podcast started about whether we want to do a recap or that sort of thing. And, and one thing I said was that these are really conceptually very simple episodes. And so let me just run through this real quick. Uh, I tend to think of the the first episode as just an introduction to the environment. So the, the, the concept of the, this good place that Eleanor has been introduced to and she doesn't belong there and she's going to try to figure out what to do and whether she can make herself belong there. And that's kind of season one, excuse me, season one, episode one. And then episode two is basically, can she do it? Is she going to be able to figure out, are you going to be able to make it and make progress enough to make this a worthwhile endeavor for her to, to stay there and, the the answer seems to be kind of, yes. It's a little precarious, but the answer seems to be yes. I was kind of surprised at how quickly we jumped into the plot. Like I'd forgotten how early in the episode, really, Eleanor told Chidi that she didn't belong there. Like, as I remember that I knew that that was part of the concept going into the show. I'm pretty sure they met, even mentioned it on a couple of the commercials. But watching right. back, it mm-hmm. just kind of surprised me how quickly they jumped into everything. Yeah, no, I thought the, I, I didn't see any promos because as, as we've discussed, I think, um, so I didn't watch this when it was first being shown on NBC during the first season. Uh, did anyone here watch it, uh, when it was first being broadcast season one? I did. Yeah. Mm, yeah, I did no. too. Okay. Uh, do you, do you remember about the promos? Like, were you surprised when it came out that Eleanor didn't belong there, that that was a big part of the plot? I have a habit of not watching commercials, so I had no idea what this show was <laughs> before watching it, outside of the fact that it was from the guy who made all the other shows I like, and it had Ted Danson and Veronica Mars. So, I mean, that's all I really needed to get started. So mm. I was, you know, surprised going into it what it was actually about. But I think that's part of what made the pilot episode so good right from the get-go, is that you've already... You already like the two main characters of the episode from other things. So you've got buy-in there. They're both 
amicable. Right when uh, Kristen Bell's eyes open, she's you don't know yet that there's something amiss. So you kind of go with her. You assume that she's playing a character that you like or whatever. And then as the course of the episode goes on, you learn that she's just not very good. Um, and that's a surprise turn for her. And, you know, by then, you you know, the full hook of the show. I, I definitely knew I was going to keep watching after this one. Well, we started the episode and right from the start, we have Michael explaining to Eleanor how she died. And he laughs and enjoys with all the embarrassing memories. And I, I keep thinking to myself, how did we ever think this was a good place? <laughs> <laughs> I think that every time I see the clowns. <laughs> yeah, the house, the clowns, the, the fact that Tahani doesn't really seem like a good person, but she's totally fine with being there, so... Why are there no stairs here? <laughs> What is it? Uh, Eleanor does say at one point, I, I do love clowns, as she's trying to, mm-hmm. to pass. Yep. <laughs> oh, one question I had as I was watching this episode. Did anyone else find it strange, especially after seeing all the reboots in the future, that Eleanor and Chidi were given separate houses? It seems was, like every other yep. soulmate kind of, couple yeah. starts out in the same house every iteration, but Eleanor and Chidi were separate I had forgotten. Mm-hmm. And they ditched that concept very fast, too. They needed it for the plot. They needed for Chidi to stay somewhere else than Eleanor on the mm-hmm. first episode when he's still deciding. And they ditch it right yeah, after that. I forgot that. they cut to a shot of his apartment. I forgot that was even part of the show. I'm like, oh, <laughs> yeah, I guess they didn't live together. The, but they did by the end of the first episode. He stayed yeah. in the guest room. But yeah. uh, just every other soulmate couple we've seen seems to have a house together so i just thought that was odd well, i don't know if any of you read the website tv tropes it's it's really it's really a fun website and and don't go there unless you actually have some time because you get sucked into the tropes and you keep reading them all but one of their trips is early installment weirdness and all of the things that happen in these early episodes of a show before it's got its groove before it's got its patterns and yeah, we saw that for one of them. I think another one that I remember trivial is those that green text on the wall when Eleanor wakes up for the first time. Uh, certainly in season two, you know, we see that over and over again, her waking up, other people waking up and, and, and being introduced to the good place over and over again. And there's never that text again. So I think they needed it to get things going, but then they didn't really need it later on. Yeah, I also noticed, and I, I pointed out while I was watching it, that uh, Eleanor is able to see video of her life, and I feel like they ditched that pretty quickly, too. Yeah, there was a sort of floating TV, right, that sh- that Michael turned on for her. Yeah, I'm not sure we saw too much of that later. Yeah, another thing that I found kind of interesting is the other demons were really good at playing their parts in these first couple yes. episodes. Like uh, Pavito with the dog. Like I don't uh-huh. even think there were any humans around at that point, really, for her to come up. What happened yes, to they my were. dog? There were? Okay. Yeah. I couldn't remember Tahani who was all there was, was around. Jason. But it was just like... And she seems so earnest. Considering yeah. how poorly they've played their parts later on, I found them very convincing in this. Yeah, the the uh, dumpster the dumpster man who becomes the bitey demon. <laughs> Gunner. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, that's good. Yeah, I, I hadn't connected them up to the later stuff. But yeah. Well, one thing that I was thinking in this episode was there's, 
the episode has to keep at least three threads going at once. And one of them is that surface level plot that, that this is the good place. And so you have to, we have to be able to watch this and be relatively, relatively convinced that it's the good place. And the second one is something that I mentioned later on is the joke machine. I think I had, I had said in some of our earlier episodes about later episodes that I was wondering about whether season one had that same level of joke machine occurrence as the second season did. And it really does seem like that. There's basically a joke maybe every two minutes, two, three minutes, like as part of exposition, as part of dialogue, joke, 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 joke. And they're, and they're all funny. And then the third one is, is the real plot is that Michael is orchestrating it all from, from the background, from, from behind the scenes. And this, this weird combination of this intricate planning of the, the chaos sequence and then wild improvisation, he, he couldn't have known uh, some of the ways that the characters were going to react to things, but he, he came up with stuff on, on the fly to, to make it all keep going. And, you know, you see kind of all of that kind of working together and it's really, it's really fascinating to watch it. So yeah, like the, the demons are all really good at their jobs, maybe a little bit too good considering what we learn about them later. But that was part of that first plot that we really have to buy into it for the first couple episodes slash the first season, or it wasn't going to work if we didn't really think that this was a slightly flawed good place as opposed to a trick. Right. So what, so what happens in the, in the first one? So they have the the movie of the good place of of here's what what it is, and is that I think I might be skipping around a little bit, but the next thing that I thought to talk about was that that movie where they talk about the different values that your actions have in in yeah. your life. Yeah, right? I think that was the same time frame. Like when I, I think that was that when everyone was sitting outside watching the otters holding hands. Yeah, <laughs> it was. Right. Yes. Um, so there's a, a whole bunch of things, and I wrote down a couple of them, like eating a sandwich gets you 1.04 points, um, hugging a sad friend gets you 4.28 points. Uh, what's <laughs> another one? Uh, something Attending are, your friend's yep. daughter's jazz recital. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, there's, there's some of them. Ending slavery gets you like 8 million points. I wonder what um, listening to a two-hour spoken word jazz opera would get you. <laughs> <laughs> It's again this combination. Like there, are, there are a number of ones where I was like, okay, this is a joke. Using Facebook as a verb was one of them. Remaining loyal to the Cleveland Browns was another one that was obviously a joke. You know, and slavery. It's kind of jokey, but it's also kind of real. I, I really liked. I mean, it. The whole thing was kind of a throwaway because I think if they had decided later on to make the exact point value of different things important, then that would have been hard to justify, right? Because you can't really justify a single point total for for any action that happens in the world so it was always kind of this weird thing that was just kind of i liked it as a throwaway but i'm glad they didn't go any further with it does that make sense i I find myself disagreeing with the the criterions of goodness that they have like they talk about what happens to the rest don't worry about it it's like how again how do we think it was a good place only the best of the best why only the best of the best? If you have a positive number of points, why why don't you deserve to be in the good place? I uh, I keep this. I keep finding myself running against those limits, and I wonder, really, how do we get fooled? I did like that using Facebook as a verb. Well, even Eleanor brings that yeah. up. She makes a valid point. 
Right. Well, I mean, she even says, like, you know, what about Florence Nightingale? And she's like, nope, it was a close one. Like, okay, so she was a close one. <laughs> yeah, right. But Tahani's here. <laughs> yeah. We get a lot of exposition about how the world works. And Mozart is a bad guy, and every artist is a bad guy, and every philosopher is a bad guy. And we just take all the stuff for granted, and we take it for granted how the bad place works. But now that we know that Michael is really a demon, can we trust anything he said all this time? Well, one of the things he says later on, I think this is, this is a great um, avenue to pursue, I think, is he says later on, well, I was lying to you, but I was using as much of the truth as I could because that sells the lie better. So yeah, like which which of these things are are, 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 are false and which are true? I think that most of it is still true, what he's saying in terms of this in terms of this world, because we do see that the system seems unfair to people later on. Yeah. So, but yeah, the, Eleanor says Eleanor says this doesn't seem quite right, and yeah, I just I just love how they come back to that later, in, you know, in a big way to to deal with that. And you know, they were thinking about these things right from day one, even while they were making most of it kind of mostly a joke. Well, and Michael really sells it even mm. when our focus is not on Eleanor. Like when he's with Tahani and Jiang Yu at the frozen yogurt place and he's sulking because he thinks he's a failure, you know, Eleanor is not there to soak that up. So, you know, he's just, he's just uh, playing it at all angles. Uh, yeah. I also kept wondering what's the point of Michael's self-doubt because as far as he knows the neighborhood is working as intended making everyone miserable so why is he leaning so heavily on the on the sadness to Tahani and and Jason yeah I wonder if that was part of the plan of the torture all along or if he yeah I don't really know what the point of that was when we think about it in that respect yeah I think it's because he 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 realizes that those four are the ones who shouldn't be there. And so he's just playing it up to all four of them. Yeah, I get that. I just I just wonder, how is that torture to, to Hani and to Jason? Oh, well, you saw the, the episode, the, the scene, I think it was possibly in the, in the second episode, where he comes over and he's, he has doubts and he's in their place and he's talking with Tahani and, mm. and Jason. And he has his... He, Tahani tries to get like all these play, all these scenes where uh, Tahani and Jason are are talking with Michael. You can see that Tahani is is in each of them is trying to get Jason to talk. She's trying, he's digging at him. She's trying <laughs> to come up with these weird ways of you know. On three, we're going to each say what we think, and you know, of course, he, he can't talk yet because he's he's still trying to keep to his thing. Like so, I think that part of the torture is all about getting Tahani to dig at, at Jason, and and Jason to just you know be I guess be kind of ready to blow or whatever, but. And and you could see that, like, so Jason was getting annoyed at Tahani saying those things to him. But you could see that Tahani was getting onto her last nerve about the fact that she wanted to have someone who would be an appreciative audience to her, but Jason couldn't talk. So it was also torturing Tahani as well. No, I, I think I think that came across pretty well for me, like, that he was definitely actively torturing those two with every conversation he had with them. I also, there was a, the conversation Eleanor had about her not being a good person, but coming from two parents who weren't good people who were definitely both in the bad place that she mentioned like, Oh, they're probably down there torturing each other. That would yeah. work. <laughs> that was so great to hear that. Yep. Yep. Cause to a degree it was like her, uh, exposing herself to, to cheating her, her making herself a little vulnerable 
And I thought that was a nice little moment. But then I thought, yeah, about, yeah, that, that came up real early, them torturing each other. Yep, exactly. I like the visual effects. <laughs> They went all out on the chaos sequence. I thought it was kind of fun to watch it again. Yeah. The Iranian gun, the, first the music, episode or the, the second giant one? ladybugs. It's the first episode, from my note, at least. Yes, yes, it was. Yeah, okay. She, she, Eleanor goes to sleep for the first time, and when she wakes up, the, the storm is happening, and all sorts okay. of bad things are going on. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a little hard to... Yeah. Mm-hmm. The second episode kind of opens with the chaos still going on, right? Yeah, yeah. with the zebra. Yeah. It's okay. the yep. aftermath of the chaos. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, I liked the party of the first episode just because we see it so often replayed in the second season that seeing it from this perspective where you kind of keep an eye on Eleanor and she's making a fool of herself and drinking a lot, it, it still... It still rang pretty fresh, even though we've seen it so many times, which I appreciated. Yeah, I think my favorite part about that chaos sequence was the fact that it was entirely based on like things Eleanor had said throughout the episode and the whole uh, Ariana Grande yes. thing with Chidi's name. <laughs> Ariana Grande, that's a person. Chidi Ariana Grande. <laughs> and then you hear Ariana Grande music playing in the background and... Giant shrimp and ladybugs. Yeah. And... Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Well, there were bottles rolling down the street. Did anybody see what? I think they were the Lonely Girl Margarita mix. Oh, no, okay. they were the they were the bottles no. of the um, no. the pills that she sold. Ah, okay. Yeah. Oh, Except yeah. That's right. So good. The senior nasal drip or whatever it is. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. that first scene. That I think that was their first. Was that their first uh, flashback? Was her selling? The, was was her talking with that guy about it? Yes. Very first flashback of, of Eleanor's, you know, shitty life, and oh, just so funny, you know, joke after joke about about what the job was going to be like, and and that guy. She's not nice from from the beginning. We get we get to see the real Eleanor. They don't sugarcoat it. We do, and and it's bad, but it's also funny. Like, and I think I think you're absolutely right that the. the, the They're really trading on the likability of Kristen Bell that, you know, from someone else who was just an unpleasant seeming person, maybe that would be a harder sell, but it, it all just comes across as fairly light and fairly uh, frothy, but, but obviously still it's, you know, she's, she's doing really bad things. So, yeah. And when I think about it, I'm really glad that they go with her being a lousy person versus a guy character. So, like, if, if she were male and came to the good place and her soulmate was a female, you know, uh, professor, just like Chidi, you know, trying to make him a good person, I don't think I'd buy it as well. Probably just because it's a little bit too formulaic to, like, all those Kevin James sitcoms where it's like, why are the two of them together? But with this, you know, you already like Kristen Bell, and she obviously thinks very highly of herself to have... A mild-mannered young man trying to teach her how to be a good person. It, it just works. Are you saying women can be bad people too? Yes, I am saying that. And it just just not on TV that often, or at least not in a comedic way. Or not like a really shrill way, yeah. you know, like, like Lucille Bluth or whatever. Like, yeah, you know, that person's mm-hmm. not nice. But like, you know, I mean, this is different. Yeah, I think the, uh, the, the way I've heard it phrased is to talk about emotional labor. 
on the part of women here that women are supposed to be there to, to, to fix up a man, to improve a man. And I think he, seeing that pattern over again in a show that was supposed to sort of be taking you out of normal patterns and giving you some fun would have been, would have been more painful. Yeah. I think another thing with the women that you see that are kind of terrible on TV is they often have no idea how terrible they are. Eleanor will say she's wasn't the worst person, but she acknowledges she was a pretty crappy person most yeah. of the time, too, as opposed to Tahani, who thinks she's legitimately in the good place and doesn't realize at all that she's actually kind of a terrible person. I feel that's that's more of the terrible woman you stereotype you see on TV. Somebody mm-hmm. who thinks they're all that and really... Yeah, she's it. not in denial. Well, it's funny. We've talked about, you know, Kristen Bell being a very likable actress and someone we know already. I think, and I'm I'm not going to be able to say her name, the, the actress who plays Tahani winds up giving you basically that same impression. She is just so likable a person and she she's coming... You know, she's, Shamila al-Shamil. Right. That. Um, and, uh, oh, I'm going to try to make an Aganaganya mispronunciation joke and I can't do it because I can't remember the jokes. But yeah, so like she still comes across, like, you know, she could be on a, maybe like a more formal uh, drama or whatever, a really unpleasant person. But I just found watching her to be really enjoyable, <laughs> like whatever it was, like she's just a very likable presence in there, even when she's doing horrible things. And I don't know, it, it, all of them, all of them were just so, so much of a pleasure to watch all of those actors. <laughs> um, well, so let's talk about the introduction to Chidi for a second. Like it's, we, you know, we know Chidi kind of later on as being, you know, kind of maybe bumbling and, and not sure of himself and everything else. But when we first meet him, it actually seemed kind of interesting to me. Like he was actually dressed in a fairly elegant way. Like, and he was talking with Eleanor, like, like they were kind of to a certain degree trying to make everyone who talked to Eleanor seem like someone who was better than her. Although with Tahani, that didn't last very long. And, so like with Chidi, he he isn't introduced as someone who is, uh, you know, a bad person. He sort of feels he sort of seems like well, you know, he's he's pretty together. He's pretty, you know, he's dressed pretty nicely. He comes, he's calm. He's he's got some answers for her. He's got some some philosophy and everything right from the beginning. So it was pretty interesting how we get to see him at first. We only get to see his sort of bumbling nature later on. So what do people think of Chidi? I mean, I have a soft spot for Chidi anyway, but <laughs> I. You know, he comes across as just so genuine. And when uh, Eleanor begs at him, like, please, you're you're with me through all this, right? And he's so sincere. He's, you know, he's, of course, you know, I'm I'm on your side. And she just spills mm-hmm. her guts and poor Chidi. And he's immediately put in a situation where he has a stomach ache in the bad place or in the good place. You know, he's, I mean, it, it is a bad place, but he, he, he questions immediately, like, this is what it's like here. Like, here I am being tortured and I'm supposed to be in the good place. I, you feel for him. He's so, he's trying so hard to, to do the right thing. Yeah. We see, we see she's struggling with, with telling on her or, or helping her out. And Michael is counting on him to, to not spill the beans. So I think that's kind of Michael's uh, downfall because Chidi has to has to help Eleanor, which means that he is going to help Eleanor. He's going to make her better. He's going to improve the situation, which is kind of, it's kind of 
Eleanor is put between a rock and a hard place in a way. No, no, not Chidi, Michael in in a way because if he doesn't have Ch- if he if Chidi spills the beans, then the whole thing is over too soon. And if he doesn't, then he's going to actually do the work. So, right there's that sense that right. It feels like that piece of it, the piece where. Uh, uh, Eleanor confesses to Chidi and Chidi tries to help her was definitely part of Michael's plan. It's part of his big elaborate plan to, to have them all torture each other. And he, so he must have just assumed that Chidi would try to help Eleanor and then it wouldn't work. And, uh, but, but the point where he says, yeah, Chidi always helps you. I mean, that was one of the most touching parts of, of the later season two, where he kind of says, no, and every, every time we ever did this, Chidi always helped you. And I think, this first episode really shows that actually, you know what? So, and this gets into, into the episode two, right? So episode two is Chidi is kind of thinking of helping her and then what it takes to get him to actually do that. And, and what it takes is Eleanor showing that she can do something selfless, right? That, that really got me. So there's flying, right? <laughs> and, <laughs> uh, and then Eleanor is supposed to, really wants to fly, really, really wants to fly. It's something that she really uh, is attracted to. But then Chidi makes her not do it and help with the garbage. And she has a lot of trouble with that. So this is kind of her first test of like, can you be selfless? Can you deny yourself something that you, that you really want? And there were a lot of funny bits about that. What, what was the one line about um, what, the, the one demon who's saying what it feels like to fly? Like a million orgasms, but better. But better, right? Yeah. Oh, same, I, right? For the when she says for the for the trash picking. Picking up trash. <laughs> yeah, I like. <laughs> Good. I would say I liked when they were trying to tell when Eleanor got to try to fly there at the end, and they're like, think of something happy, and her happy thought was people puking on roller coasters, <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> And I liked at one point that uh, Eleanor and Chidi were having a conversation and one of them says like, well, how bad is it really in the bad place? And we get Janet, who has only an audio clip of screaming. <laughs> <laughs> and the uh, the demons in the background who hear the noise of the bad place are so pleasantly shocked. It's great. The, the extras do a very good job. Is that where we hear is it the bear has three mouths or something? <laughs> yeah, is yeah the, something like that. Yeah. Yes. Quote in the back. <laughs> well, that's a that's a pattern. I think I think we get a couple of one-off jokes throughout the first season about exactly how horrible the the bad place is as as a way of of giving the, the both you know the joke machine, but also giving uh, the protagonist uh, incentive to keep doing what they're doing. Although it's interesting because Chidi says that to Eleanor in one of these two episodes where he says. You know, you're even if you're trying to do better for yourself, you're still doing it for like I think corrupted reasons. He says, right? This idea that you're doing it for selfish reasons. So even if you're doing good things, but for the wrong reason, that still isn't good enough. And you know, they bring this up right at the very beginning. These first couple of episodes, all of those, all of those thoughts that are going to come back to us. Yeah. They also do a good job of establishing kind of what Janet is in the second episode. Like Eleanor gets out of the way quickly that nobody else can access her search history so that she can hmm. ask Janet for real things. What you know. kind of pornography would you like? <laughs> yes. Yes. No, I need clothes <laughs> like yours and Chidi's with the stripes. <laughs> but like, that's kind of, it was good exposition, but it also made sense plot wise for her to be asking those kinds of questions. 
right. And, and how good is is Janet in these two episodes? Well, is she actually introduced in in episode one, or is she introduced in episode two? Oh yeah, no, episode one. But she is so cheery, like, and so friendly. Like, even if she hasn't had a whole bunch of reboots to give herself sort of more, whatever she's supposed to have. Like, she's still very, very. I don't know. It's just, and I think just that actress just hit it out of the park, making her both sort of a bit alien and a bit weird, but still very, very helpful and very, very friendly. Yeah, I don't think if they'd had to use a bad place, Janet, she could have pulled it off. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if you guys noticed either, but John Yu, if you keep your eye on him through the episodes, even though he doesn't have any lines, he does sneak a few faces in there that make it look like he knows that he's about to be busted. So, you know, he looks very uncomfortable um, some of the some of the guilt prodding that they're trying to do to Eleanor, it looks like it's also working on him. <laughs> yeah, well, there, there's definitely like one or two scenes I thought where he looks a bit forbidding, like he looks like he's he's hiding something, right? And there's a, there's like one shot of him from like the bottom where he, oh, you know, something's up with 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 Jianyu. and so that's what I thought. So I don't remember thinking about it too much the first time around, but uh, but yeah, I think it's definitely there. Well, so what do people think of, of Michael in these first two episodes? Um, so he gets to introduce the good place to Eleanor and to everyone. And then pretty quickly we see him, at least at, you know, at that surface level, there, there's this, this plot that like, you know, he's new at this. And so he's making, he must be making mistakes. Something must be happening to keep it from being perfect. So did people buy that, that, mm-hmm. uh, that story the first time around that he was kind of a bumbling I, Angel. I yeah. definitely did. And I think him being kind of bumbling makes sense in the plot line of kind of convincing them that this should be the good place, but things are going wrong because Michael doesn't know what he's doing. So that's why, you know, everything keeps going wrong. It's not that they're actually in the bad place that things are going wrong. It's just because Michael doesn't know what's going on. Right. In order in order to, to make us believe that this is heaven but that that things are funny that funny bad things are happening there's got to be a reason and this is they they send that out like very very early on the fact that he's he's new and maybe he's making mistakes in it and then of course they turn pretty quickly to well Eleanor is actually causing things to go wrong in the bad place and you know they lean on that pretty hard in the second episode right there's the chaos sequence of the first episode and then there's also the garbage storm and when she when she tries to sneak out of doing that so yeah and like we know that from Eleanor's perspective she's causing it but Michael still I think has to be that sort of bumbling thing to convince uh Tahani and Jianyu that this really is supposed to be the good place because if he doesn't have some kind of a reason for it Tahani's never gonna buy that she's really in the good place Tahani will buy it. <laughs> <laughs> well, Eleanor might not. Eleanor is the smart one. Yeah, Eleanor mm-hmm. not. But I, I think if they didn't have some kind of excuse for the things that were going wrong, Tahani would have picked up on it much quicker than she. I mean, she never really did pick up on it. But remember, Michael Plain tells her, and she still doesn't believe it. Mm-hmm. So. That might not happen. Jason does figure it out, though. Mm-hmm. So he has a chance. Right. 
Well, he knows he's not supposed to be in the good place, just like Eleanor knows she's not supposed to be there. He knows he's not really Jianyu. <laughs> and you have to think of how many times it must have been killing him to not speak at all during these oh, yeah. first couple of oh, episodes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we we get more, in the second episode, we get more about uh, Chidi kind of uh, equivocating and not being able to sort of figure stuff out. So we get we get that from his character, but we also get quite a bit of him being firm in certain ways that he doesn't always show in, in other episodes, you know, he's willing to judge Eleanor and make sort of this decision that, no, I've, I've seen enough. You're not, you know, I'm not going to help you because you're, you're too selfish, self, selfish, not selfish, selfish. And, you know, he, he's pretty, he's pretty firm about that. He's, he's not equivocating in that regard. He's like, no, I'm not going to do that for you. So, and I think he needs to be that way in order for the plot to progress in this episode. But I also think it, it doesn't really contradict his later personality because he is able to make certain decisions when he kind of needs to and when he doesn't get too wrapped up in himself about it. But what do people think of Kitty in, the, in sort of the second episode and how he treats Eleanor and how he, how he decides to help or not help Eleanor? Do people buy it? I mean, he did seem stronger than he normally does. You know, he had more conviction. Um, but if he didn't, then this would be a very short show canceled after the second episode. If they, <laughs> if they just went and turned everyone in to Michael, they guess they'd have to start rebooting a lot earlier. So, it, I mean, it makes sense. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, again, for me, like, for me, these two episodes, in the same way with um, the season two episodes, and we talked about how the, the first three episodes were really getting through all of that initial setup and getting us to the point where we have a, okay, now we have a, a through line and this is going to be what happens for the next couple of episodes and we're going we're gonna to deal with it. And here it really felt like these two episodes were the ones that set up that situation. So we get Eleanor introduced, we get the problems with her being there. And that was, that was done by the end of the first episode. And so you could argue that that was the setup. But I really think Eleanor showing that she could be uh, selfless and do the right thing when the chips are down shows that she has, that she's not hopeless and that she can improve in, in serious ways. I think that's something that I needed to see in this show early on in order to stay watching it. Because if they had just made a show where, well, she's kind of a bad person and she's interacting with all these people that she could take advantage of because she's still bad and they're good or just a comedy of errors going on, but she never really improves very much. That would have been a certain kind of, of comedy show, but I don't think it would have been interesting enough for me to stick with. I think we needed that point of, yes, Eleanor is going to improve over time for this stuff, and, and there are real philosophical uh, ideas that are going to happen. So do, do, people, uh, do people find that as well? Yeah? After all the flashbacks, I, I needed to see Eleanor do something because, because just because she's doing something good. Because uh, after all of those flashbacks, we see, well, fr- we, we start from a very tough place. We start with the pill stuff, but on this episode, we have a lot of, a lot of flashbacks that show no light to Eleanor. So, even though I watched the show for a couple of moments, I was like, maybe I should drop this show. She's very unlikable. So we needed to to see a nicer side. Yeah, we needed to see something that we could something that we could relate to, I think. And and we have talked in about the second season how it felt like she pivoted from being an awful person to a better person very quickly in certain ways in, in the reboots. And we were saying, well, you know, 
it took longer than that in the first season, but really it didn't take that longer. Like she was able to show that she had some good in her, like the first day, right over the over the course of the first night, she was able to do that. So I I actually find myself thinking that her characterization is more consistent now that I'm watching the first season again than I thought when I was just starting the second season after a break. Because, you know, they really did show both that she is selfish, but that she can change right from the beginning. And I liked it. Yeah, she she's able to behave in a good way without any moral dessert, which is... Right, right. Yeah, no, it's specific that, that she was not going to get anything out of it. She just did it because she felt bad, right? Exactly. And and the, the show did kind of mention that. So, yeah, they, they didn't make a... It wasn't hidden. It wasn't subtle. It was it was all the way out there, but but it was deliberate. Except for putting the stinkiest trash in that guy's house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and we see She's that she's not yeah. all the way good yet. <laughs> right, right. right. Yeah. She has potential. Well, and it's going to be a struggle too. I think that was another thing that I really liked about it was she did make a good decision, one good decision in the midst of bad decisions. But it was hard for her. Like it wasn't just like, oh, but the end she just breezed into it. No, it, it took struggle, and 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 that's going to happen again and again. So you see her wrestling with it and unable to sleep, and that kind of helps. Like you see that it's gnawing at her. So then you just, you know, she just ends up on the street taking care of everything all at once, and then Michael leans into it and says, "Like I know about you. I know what you, you did. She's caught. <laughs> yeah." yeah. You picked up all the trash. Way to go, Eleanor. <laughs> yeah, there was a, that was the moment that I remembered where it's like, yeah, you know, Michael, he's definitely enjoying torturing her when he gets the chance to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I start to see the episodes as fleshing out the characters one by one. I feel like episode one more or less fleshes out the Eleanor character and maybe it goes over a bit in this episode two. Uh, but I feel like episode two is more about fleshing out Tahani as a not-so-good person. We start to see her shell coming out and starting to get annoyed at Jianu for not speaking and getting like caring only about her own self-interest. Yeah. And probably episode three, though I don't remember, will flesh out some other character. Well, there's one point where, where we get the Jason reveal and the, the cliffhanger at the end of the, the second episode is the little note from Jason to Eleanor, you know, I, what does it say? Like, I, I, you don't belong here, right? And so it might even be that episode three where, where what is it? Oh, well, 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 we'll get to it when we get to it when she, she finally gets stuck with, with Jason. So yeah, I think my feeling was that, yeah, we, we, we're starting to get a sense of who Tahani is, but I didn't get a sense of, well, that the show was telegraphing what they were going to do with her, like where this was going like there wasn't the sense yet that it was the gang you know the gang wasn't together yet um but they're getting there and and i yeah i just really enjoyed it i, I really i enjoyed these episodes much more on the rewatch than i thought i was going to i thought it was going to feel like work because the episode was going to go so slow but i just i just loved it i just loved pretty much every minute of it so yeah i feel like i like them more now than i did even watching them originally just because i know that i enjoy all of these characters so much you know every little moment that you get with one of your favorite characters on the screen it's just it's just funnier now there's also a bunch of stuff that you don't get on the first watch and it was nice to 
to discover them, like the arena ground, the music. I didn't make the connection at the moment. I wasn't paying that much, that much attention. Or the bottles of pills. Right. Well, and the, the yogurt, the introduction to the yogurt stuff was just so nice, where Michael just kind of says, oh, Eleanor says, yeah, there's a lot of frozen yogurt places. And Michael just says, what, people love frozen yogurt? I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> and then there's there's the stores and i we've talked about the different uh signposts that have been on the the, mm-hmm. the set before um the ones that i wrote down were the initial ones were there's an infinite light store there's a uh, your anticipated needs <laughs> store and then there's the <laughs> small adorable animal depot store that we show so <laughs> So is this the only episode where we see people that have pets with Pavita's little dog? Is there, do, do they ever have pets in The Good Place again? Isn't there one where someone's soulmate is a dog? Oh, yes. Yep. Golden Retriever. <laughs> Eleanor's yeah. soulmate was a Golden Here's Retriever. Here's your soulmate. That's right. A Golden Retriever. <laughs> yep. Now, I just, I just like thinking that in some incarnation of this, that instead of frozen yogurt, everyone likes clam chowder. <laughs> <laughs> and he has to place, you know, that same line like, oh, I don't know what to tell you. People love clam chowder. Love yeah. <laughs> yep. Pump up the clam. <laughs> <laughs> well, so before we go then, um, I want to just kind of do what I've been doing in the last couple of episodes is just talk about you know, the jokes, the joke machine. Um, what did people, what, what jokes do people remember now from these two episodes that, that tickled their fancy? I already mentioned the whole Chidi's name and Ariana Grande. That was definitely my favorite joke in the episode, I think. Well, now there's a couple of them, right? Like he, he, mm-hmm. um, oh, what were some of them? Like, cause she yeah, can't Chidi remember. Anaconda. Chidi Anaconda. And then Ariana Grande. And, uh, and then he can't remember, she can't remember, uh, and he, like, he, and there's again, like him. Senegal. Senegal, right? Like Senegal. Se- what is Sen- Sensodyne was the one, right? Sen- no, that's Sensodyne, a dude-based. that was a good... Yeah. And then she says Senegal and pretends like that's some big gift to GD. <laughs> yeah. like, no, that's just common decency. Is, is it yeah. racist if I say Africa? <laughs> that's, that's not a country. Yep. Um, and then there's uh, Tahani boops Eleanor. And so Eleanor's oh, like, yep. you, you boop me. me. <laughs> I, I also love... Uh, Doug Forsett, the whole discussion oh, about yep. and oh, his uh, so good his portrait on uh, Michael's wall. I'm very lucky to have that. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. I like Tahani's name dropping about being in Vietnam, picking up mortar shell, mortar shells with uh, Diana, a princess of what? Doesn't matter. Yes. Oh, <laughs> oh, that was so good. Um, she, another one where she talks about like a Johnny Depp. She, th- this is a really nice house. Yes. And I've been to Johnny Depp's, whatever, whatever, you know, name dropping Bird from sanctuary. the first episode. Yeah. Oh. Yes. Uh-huh. And then she goes on and on about how cute Eleanor's house is oh. because it's yeah. just so tiny. And, it's a little uh, like child's plaything. What was it? Like it's, it's <laughs> or a, a dog house. Dog house, right. Yeah. There was a couple of those, right? <laughs> oh, so house. good. Um, right. And then, oh, and then when we talk about, I'm not sure if we got to this, um, when Michael is explaining The Good Place to her and to Eleanor and, you know, Mozart, Picasso, Elvis, and every artist has gone to, you know, The Bad Place. 
And then every U.S. <laughs> president, except Lincoln, was in the bad place. And those are good laugh lines. Oh, I just thought of one um, when Tahani's, like, they're at Tahani's party and she's, like, talking about her mansion and that they have, I think it's, like, 32 regulation grass tennis courts outside. <laughs> 36. Everyone to play. Yep. Yeah, and then people applaud. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and Eleanor complains that no one else has an accent in the bad place, in the good place. Right. <laughs> yeah. She says, oh, I'm a tall sh- uh, cartoon giraffe. <laughs> Yep. yep. Oh, yeah. And then that became part of the chaos sequence. Um, this was the first, and, and we've, we've lived through it so much now that we probably don't remember. The first time Eleanor tries to swear, and, you know, oh, why, yes. why can't uh, I say fork? Oh, so good. Ash hole. You know I'm trying <laughs> to say ash hole and not ash hole, right? <laughs> <laughs> and then at one point, uh, she mentions that she's like a medium person. She's not that bad. And then, mm. you know, we know that later uh, on yep. we get the medium place. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yes. But was, was this where she said she, the medium place should be in Cincinnati? Yep. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> that was so good. We should spend an eternity in Cincinnati. Cincinnati. <laughs> should be in a medium place. When I remember there being a, a bit at the party where the various demons are talking about their saintly lives, and I think one of them donated both kidneys and... Oh, there uh, were other ones. I, I don't remember the details anymore, but the, yeah, those were all those were all good one-off jokes about uh, mm-hmm. how how ridiculously saintly those people were. So, and it's even funnier, like knowing that these were deliberate digs at at the humans that someone wrote, right? And of course, that's true mm-hmm. in real life as well. Which, mm-hmm. wow, I think I just blew my own mind. Those were <laughs> jokes written by humans to be the jokes written by <sighs> demons to be the yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Very meta. So many layers. Before you say anything, that's it. I don't want you to say anything. That's right. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. Also good. So yeah, I think that's that. That's everything in my notes. So, mm-hmm. in summation, this is a good television show. Yes. yes. <laughs> I think you know, we we should have a couple more episodes about it. What What do you think? Yeah, uh, a few. Hmm. Sure. <laughs> okay. Maybe a couple more. All right. Well, I'd like to thank my co-hosts. Javier Matusevich, thank you for being here. I never found a wallet outside of an iHub and, <laughs> and thought about returning it, but so the owner lived out of state, so I just took the cash and dropped the wallet back on the ground. Yeah. That's, that's a very specific thing to, to say, Javier. So, yeah. So, Rachel Adelman, thanks for being here. Have a good night, everybody. And Sarah Gardner, thank you as well. To quote John Yu, 